0: Welcome, everybody, to Haven of Horror. This is a second week of our decades of horror. It's a little hot, so forgive my brain being scrambled. I've got Doolittle with us this time, and we are talking about the creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh Doolittle, you said that you had some interesting takes on this, which I'm I'm excited to hear. um, Because I'm going to be honest, my biggest takeaway is this is a kind of like the stepchild of the universal monster movies it does not like fit in with the rest that i've seen so far
1: yeah so the interesting thing about this film is it's very much of its time you know which I, you can kind of say that about the other ones as well but this one's definitely like you know we're very into the, the kind of creature free the creature feature uh kind of film right um you know beast from Twenty Thousand fathoms also kind of falls into this category you know um them you know stuff like that and you know it's definitely following in that kind of train of thought and also it's not an adaption of a literary piece Uh, this is an original creation um as far as i am aware it's it's you know it kind of is inspired i think from Something, but it's not, like, a specific novel or book. That's that's the main difference. Or novella. Um, you know, like, it's very much just kind of stands on its own.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And interestingly enough, this was originally uh, going to be a 3D film. Well, it was.
1: Uh, in, in some places, I believe, it was screened in 3D. And you can kind of tell while watching it because there's some effects that, like, uh, one part that stuck out to me was when they were underwater and the bubbles were towards the uh, the screen. Um, yeah, and there's also some releases that have the um, oh, I can't remember what it's called, but there's a certain kind of like uh, it's it's the it's the blue and red 3D glasses, right? Um, like with some like VHSs and DVDs, uh, they released it with that, I think. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of it was I think it was like kind of split. You know, so some screenings had 3D,
0: some screenings didn't, as far as I'm aware, at least. So from what I could see here, um, they realized that the fad was fading fast by 1954. So most people saw it in the flat 2D. However, a lot of of the larger downtown theaters would show the 3D version. I'm Mm -hmm. not sure what 50s 3D was. But it didn't get the red and blue release, if I'm understanding this correctly, until 75.
1: Oh, interesting. Well, I, I had a feeling that that was a thing um, later, the 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 red and, and blue. Because I remember that was a big thing in the 80s, uh, was everything's got to be in 3D
0: or whatever. Right, yeah, you get Friday the 13th. and I mean, that trend continued all the way through. Even Freddy's Dead uses 3D.
1: <laughs> yeah uh very infamously,
0: but yes, that is very true. poorly too, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Um, uh, but yeah so my I guess the biggest issue with talking about this, like most of these universal monster movies is they're now very complicated, which is a blessing and a curse right um, it,
1: it this is a very simple like uh team of scientists or discover this new thing, <laughs> new life form or whatever, and they're investigating the area kind of a thing you know like it's you know and they stumble upon something um uh, that they probably shouldn't have um you know it's very very um you know like we've seen this before
0: yeah and i obviously i have big gaps in my knowledge of this whole universal monster period yeah um but i've seen a few of them now and at this point it's just like it's like the slashers what slashers would become more We have to follow the formula. There's Mm -hmm. a monster, he falls in love with the girl, he's misunderstood, and then he dies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love the monster design. The performance is fine. Like, (laughs) just generic monster. Yeah. Um, But this, I could tell this was getting to the point where, like, Universal was kind of running out of ideas. Mm-hmm. well and it is the last of the cycle um
1: or yeah i i I'm, i could be wrong about that but i'm pretty sure it's the last of the universal monster cycle he's the last like iconic monster for sure um and yeah so my my thing is uh the monster design is awesome that, that that's my favorite design of all the universal monsters um like it's it's really 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 cool um and i like the uh Okay, so the thing about him being, like, um, misinterpreted by everybody is really funny because they play this, like, super threatening music every single time he's, like, on screen. So it's definitely, like, a like a t- dissonance there, you know, um, with that, which is pretty cool, I guess.
0: Well, and it's, he's misunderstood, but the feeling that I got was, not necessarily that he is a good guy. it's just he wouldn't have been hostile if they had attacked him first.
1: Yeah, well, and it's funny, um I, so uh you know, I don't and I kind of want to refrain from bringing up the shape of water too much, but considering you know that's like one of my favorite movies, and it definitely has informed the way I see this film in some ways, you know, because uh, del Toro uh famously was supposed to make a creature from the Black Lagoon remake um and the way he uh interprets creature from the black lagoon is it's like a home invasion movie where like the creature is just minding his own business and then these people hop in or whatever and then uh kill him like and he's like that's kind of messed up you know um
0: and if you read it like that that.
1: no yeah i mean it's like it is like unnecessarily like why, why they didn't have to do that but like it is interesting to read into that um and like there's some like themes you could like project onto the film with that reading you know uh some like political subtext perhaps where we as human beings like you know uh the way that like our nature with conquering stuff you know uh stuff like that you know and i don't want to get like too political but something interesting about that and I don't think these people were thinking about that necessarily, um, but just through the zeitgeist of the time, it is kind of interesting seeing where maybe subconsciously they were heading in with the the narrative focus.
0: Well, it's it's a, a 50s version of King Kong, right? These The yeah. scientists stumble upon this creature's home and like, well, you know, we're scientists. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Where is the mm-hmm. King Kong filmmakers? Um, and then you've got, you know, the the monster, and, like, they are hostile towards it, so it becomes hostile towards them, and it falls in love with the mm-hmm. woman. Um, yeah, and
1: I think that King Kong is definitely more sympathetic uh, in a lot of ways, um, mainly because of the perform Like, well, okay, it's not a performance in King Kong, it's stop motion. Although there is some... Uh, like like, uh, animatronic not animatronic. It's like puppeteering, in King Kong. Um, but like the way that King Kong behaves in that movie is very much like a real animal. Um, and he, you know, even though it's the '30s, he feels very alive, and like definitely has like needs and desires. Whereas in Creature from the Black Lagoon, it's not as much of that. Like he feels more like a beast in this film which is interesting like he feels more like like just kind of like an animal uh without like any like emotion really i guess although he does look cool and i I like the effects with the uh, like the side of his like uh figure you know where it kind of goes like up and down inside and out
0: absolutely um when we reviewed the original king kong one of the things that i noticed cuz that'd been the first time i'd seen it forever is they mm-hmm. go they focus a lot on giving kong quirks and little things that make him feel human even though he's a giant claymation gorilla yes whereas this he's generic monster number 700
1: yeah and he's played by two people um
0: i, bl- I think two people um ben... and i mean don't what's up <laughs> ben chapman uh when he is on land and Riku Browning uh, when they're underwater.
1: Yes, and they're legends uh, for sure. Because I mean, you know,
0: you
1: know, if you're the original Gilman, I mean, that's that's pretty baller. Um, but uh, it, it is kind of interesting how that that in and it of itself kind of shows in a way because like it's not a consistent like performance in the way that like I don't necessarily believe this is the same like beast. I guess. I feel bad. I I don't want to come off too negative about this film because it is very entertaining, thoroughly entertaining. Like, it's a really fun movie to have on, like, with friends over, for sure. Uh, Like, it's really fun. Uh, But it's just not as strong as the other Universal Monster movies, I think, in my opinion.
0: Oh, don't worry. We've probably already been canceled for my opinions on the Wolf fan. Oh, (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought that movie Um, was kind of bland. In fact, mm, it's interesting mm. because I think that movie is almost the opposite of this. Where the human character stuff was like, okay, and I was kind of interested in the mythology, but the monster looks terrible and I don't think the performance is all that great. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, the human characters are kind of bland and the monster's kind of bland. and I don't, ca- I don't know what the mythology is supposed to be here all that much, but the monster design is one of the best things I've ever seen.
1: Oh, yeah. No, it's a wonderful uh, design work um not i don't and jack pierce i don't think had anything to do with this um version like this film i'm blanking out on the name but it's someone else but it's it's a great design
0: um but yeah so from what i can see here the design uh was by millicent patrick who was a disney animator oh interesting uh downplayed by the makeup effect artist bud westmore uh, who, for half a century, got sole credit for the creation.
1: Oh, that's that's really sad. I didn't know that. Um, didn't and, that, know that. Uh, it was, and that actually kind of explains a lot, because the design is so well-drawn, you know, um, which sounds kind of horribly kind of simplistic, the way I put it, because, oh, you know, animator-drawn, duh. But, like, the kind of techniques they were learning at Disney at the time... You know, with design work and all that stuff, you know, like if you put any of those designs against a silhouette, they're going to stand out. And you can say the same for Gilman, you know, so I wish that she did get credit for that. But I guess it's good now that she is, you know, uh, because she did a really good job.
0: Yeah. Uh, Kind of goes without saying. Oh, sorry. No, you're good. Uh, But yeah, I agree with you. I'm glad that we're finally starting to give people who worked on stuff like this credit. Mm-hmm. Um, it should be noted this is directed by Jack Arnold, uh, yes. who was picked because of the 1953 film House of Wax, which is infamous, which was in... or famously, I guess I should say, it's a Price film,
1: mm-hmm. and it's in 3D. Oh yeah, which, yeah, which is a big thing <laughs> again. Um, going back to the 3D thing, and there's a really fun scene. Um, I, I think it's in House of Wax where they're playing. Okay, uh, never mind. I, I, I can't remember the, the thing that they were playing with, but there was, like, a thing that they were playing with that kept going into the screen, which I thought was kind of amusing without the 3D glasses because I was like, okay, this is kind of going on a bit long. Um, <laughs> but but uh, uh, fun film, though. Definitely kind of eerie with the, the wax figures. And it's cool that he got to do this. Um, yeah, because, again, I think that that movie is also very entertaining in a, not a B-movie kind of fashion, but, like, in a, like, you know, like, it's a fun time kind of fashion, you know? I think this is a fun time, you know? Like, it's not bad, by any stretch of the imagination. It's just very fun. Well,
0: and it should be noted, they they got a science fiction director instead of a horror director. And I think that helps me put a lot of this movie into context because they don't shoot the monster like a monster. They shoot it like a creature.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and especially like the shots of the creatures, um, like web fingers coming onto the boat or whatever. Like you're like, oh man, you know, um, it's it's it is shot okay, and like those shots would become stuff in like horror movies, and you know, you do see stuff like that in horror movies, but that is something in like science fiction creature feature films from the time, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: So, where do you rank this in your universal ranking if you have one?
1: Uh, yeah, that's hard. Uh, probably like if I had like a top 10, I think this would be like eight. I think, uh, because it should be up there, but like it's nowhere near my favorite, like it's not my top five, but it's like thoroughly entertaining and it's really fun. So, it's number eight.
0: Okay, yeah, um. Yeah so i've seen about six of these now and it is nine number five now for anyone listening that is not an indictment of its quality just keep in mind that the ones that above it are bride of frankenstein frankenstein invisible man and dracula like if Mm -hmm. you think that that is better than any of those movies i'm sorry but you're delusional
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah well and i i mean that's that's understandable you know like uh the movies you listed are like like really and especially the frankenstein movies are, are excellent
0: mm-hmm.
1: um like like james whale is just on some next level stuff with that uh those films
0: absolutely and it is also i think it is to keep important that watching these all so close to the together you start to notice the formula and like i'm a slasher fan I i'm fine with a formula but I can see why the Universal Monsters were on their way out, because this formula gets tired real quick.
1: Yeah, and I, I wasn't around last week. Although, I mean, I am very, like, familiar with these movies, so I can understand where you're coming from with that. I still think they're very entertaining, um, but I can understand why they died down the way they did at the time. It's just the cycle
0: of horror. Now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. obviously, we have the Shape of Water, which is you know Del Toro's take on this, but I would yeah. like to see them do this this concept again, but maybe fill it fill it out a little bit more because I think the issue that I've had with all these so far, and you know I, I get that it was the times and whatnot, but they don't let any of these concepts breathe, you know. Yeah.
1: Well, okay, and that's interesting because. I think going back to Del Toro and The Shape of Water, I, I speculate what exactly his version of Creature from the Black Lagoon would have been like. Cause we are, we know that it was going to be a love story like Shape of Water between uh, Gilman and uh, uh, the woman. Um, and we also know it would have followed Gilman more specifically and be like an adventure, um, which sounds a lot like his
0: Frankenstein. Um universal just give the monsters to del toro i'm begging (laughs) you
1: yeah 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 for sure uh they they really should do that um because he's just the obvious choice but um but uh, watching shape of water i wonder because shape of water is very much about like white patriarchy like that's the villain of the film and I wonder if Del Toro wanted to talk about that in Creature from the Black Lagoon. And I think that there are places where you can't implement that into the movie. Uh, specifically with, uh, in, in making the main uh, human, uh, m- like, man, hero, and ta- uh, protagonist of the film. Like, the antagonist and, and kind of reinventing that character. I've always, like, after watching Shape of Water and then re-watching this that kind of was going through my mind, especially the scene where he's chasing the creature and, you know, trying to find him uh, in the cave after he gets uh, the woman. I I wonder, like, if Del Toro, like, had in his mind, like, like, oh, like, this is, like, a really dark scene where, like, this guy's, like, coming after you or whatever. Like, um, I wonder, like, like I- that I don't know. That just kind of came to my mind
0: you know, the ways to, like, flesh out the movie. Yeah, I could see that, because really what we get in this movie is that, I don't want to say tired, because I think it is a good thing to do in film. And it mm-hmm. might also be me not being able to fully put myself in that headspace of, like, this came before a lot of the other things that I've seen that have done this. But really, it's it's just scientists... Should be kept in check, like science, yeah, scientists should not be allowed to do whatever they want
1: mm-hmm. well, and also just like leaving people at peace, you know, um, yeah. and not uh, messing with like the natural orders of things like too too much. Um, I do think, okay, I, I I feel so bad that we're like trashing on the film this much, but I do think that does get kind of confused because the the way it's directed the creature comes off like more threatening um then i think the message of the film like would allow that to go so again there's that dissonance which is like kind of cool but at the same time like i don't know uh i don't really understand i don't know but it is still fun um i don't know it's okay to have like controversial opinions i guess it is about these movies. Yeah. So
0: I'm gonna go to a show that you know we've we've talked about quite a bit for parts of parts of what I think you could have done with this.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: there's an episode of Angel where okay. one of the characters who used to run in a gang that va- hunted vampires discovers that his gang has been taken over by another by another guy. This guy doesn't differentiate between good demons and bad demons. He just murders them. Mm-hmm. Whether it's right or wrong. And you find out that he doesn't care who gets hurt in the process. What I would do is something like that, where the monster's not a bad guy. The scientists don't care. They just want the monster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's a good way of playing it as well.
1: Because like at that point, no one's really the bad guy, except for... I guess, just kind of the... Well, uh, they're not even like that. They're just, like, extremely flawed at that point, you know? Mm-hmm. And it becomes, like, kind of a very human struggle with
0: that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that's... I mean, that's what I'd like to see if they remake this. Just don't change the design. Just, up, like... Obviously, update it a little bit so it's not... Because I'm looking at a picture of it right now. It's going to be the picture that people see when they watch this. But I can kind of see, like, some of the... Where it's a suit, which... Is not a criticism, but obviously, you know, keep the suit to its the spirit of the original, but update it. And for the love of God, don't CGI it. Boy,
1: well, I, I, I really hope that if they... And they we know that they are doing a, a reboot with uh, Scarlett Johansson and uh, Chris Evans. Uh, no, I thought that
0: was... Is that Black Lagoon? I thought that was Bride of uh, Frankenstein.
1: No, I think that's Black Lagoon. Uh, I could double-check that really quickly. I'm checking um, here
0: for you. Oh, okay, okay,
1: cool.
0: i am not seeing anything about the Scar- Scarlett Johansson one, but I am seeing here that Nicotero and Rodriguez want to remake it. Oh, really? Well, um, that's actually kind of cool. Um, let me check. Apparently, James Gunn pitched a uh, creature from the Black Lagoon movie.
1: Oh, they're there a, a John Carpenter. Um, you know, Austin was talking about it, uh, with us a little bit ago, but, um, John Carpenter wanted to remake A Creature from the Black Moon in the 90s, um, which would have been really weird to see that alongside, uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula and the Kenneth Branagh Frankenstein, uh, but would have been really cool.
0: Yeah, it's, um, apparently he pitched it, like, right after the remake of Dawn of the Dead and Universal turned it down.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm reading right here. In 2020, it was reported that Universal was considering Scarlett Johansson and Chris Evans for a remake.
0: Yeah, I just saw that here, but I'm I'm yeah. also seeing it, that fell apart when the, that whole Dark Universe collapsed. Oh, really? Universal's oh. in such shambles right now with their plans. Like they don't know what they're doing. Mm.
1: Well, I hope they. Uh, I hope that something happens because I think it'd be really fun to see. The Universal Monsters and theaters, you know, um, you know, But the, I hopefully they just have it be just like fun, low budget, or just like modestly budgeted like horror movies, you know, just like really kind of fun. I mean, obviously taken seriously, you know, but like a like kind of cool, like cool cool looks at those like characters, you know.
0: Yeah, well, and it seems like that their future is going to be at Blumhouse, which I'm fine with. Um, because, I mean, as long as they're all to the quality of that remake of The Invisible Man, um, that's, you know, somebody has a take, even if it's not, like, the original exactly.
1: Yeah, and I haven't seen it, but everything I've heard about that is, like, like, the pitch for that movie, like, is just not The Invisible Man, um, but, um... I think that it keeps to that concept and does something really interesting with that idea, you know, uh, mm-hmm. they update it in a really interesting way. So hopefully we get more of that. Um, cause you know, uh,
0: I think that that would be really cool. I agree. Uh, so anyway, back to what we actually came here for a little tangent <laughs> there for you guys. So do you care about any of the humans in this like they try with you because you got like the main main two are engaged or together um Uh,
1: i appreciated that oh my god i feel like we're like i feel like i'm not like saying the right things you say Um, whatever
0: whatever's in your head dude
1: oh no 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 i mean i i feel the way i feel but it's like oh man okay um i appreciated that stuff um, I didn't really care. Um, I don't know. I thought it was like fun, though. I mean, like, uh, okay. I didn't want to like see anyone get like super. Obviously, like, I cared enough about those characters, you know. Um, but overall, I I wasn't like super super invested. Like, they're there for what they're trying to do,
0: you know. Yeah, I I'm gonna be honest that there was times where I couldn't even tell some of them apart, like. Same. Most of them are just generic science man. Same which
1: which feels really weird to say but you're kind of right. I mean uh, I don't know. I I mean I I knew that like obviously like the main male protagonist, right? Like that's I obviously know him. Like I can tell him apart. Right. Um and uh and Julie uh what's what's her face? Uh, Ju- Julia Adams obviously. I was like, yeah, like I know her. You know. And obviously her because like she's like an iconic part of the film and she's like on the poster and everything, you know, uh, with, uh, you know, and the monster carrying the girl is a very iconic image, you know. So obviously you can tell her apart, but like uh, a
0: lot of the other scientist characters, I was like, what's what's going on? Absolutely. So we've and I don't want people to think that I I hate this movie because I really don't. Um. So I want to I get back into a couple of the other positives I had, is this movie looks beautiful. Um, oh, yeah. William Snyder is credited with the cinematography, and uh, I think he does a wonderful job.
1: Yeah, I, I thought that um, the cinematography, I also thought the score, um, by, oh god, who did it, who did the score? Um... The, yeah, the the score was really really good. I I thought that it was really fun, um, like kind of like like monster movie score with uh, you know very tense. It definitely like like and you know strangely enough it was kind of tense. Like not like I wasn't scared or anything like that, but like you know it's loud and like blaring. You know,
0: so mm-hmm. cool. So there's three listed composers, uh, music by Henry Mancini. And J. Salter, and Herman Stein. That's, okay, that, I think that's what was tripping me up, was because there's
1: not, like, one single composer. Um, but, yeah, no, they, they all did a really good job with uh,
0: the music. I've heard that name Henry Mancini somewhere, but none of these movies are ringing out to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he oh, did honestly, the Pink Panther movies. That's interesting Oh he did a
1: breakfast at Tiffany's. That's cool.
0: Um, yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense actually. Well, do little, any other thoughts about creature from the Black Lagoon? Um,
1: not really. I mean, it's like I said, it's just a very it's it's a, you know it's in the top ten for me. Um, like kind of bottom top ten, but like, you know, it's not bad. Uh, it's it's fun, um, and it's a very good time. Uh, definitely a good time with friends. Like, like bring your friends with you to see this one. It's it's cool.
0: Yeah, and I wonder how different my experience would have been if I hadn't been watching it like just by myself. Um, mm-hmm. So that is definitely something I would like to try at some point, watching it with other people. Yeah, so I guess my sure. final question is: Would you consider *Shape of Water* a horror film? no okay no that that is a, a fairy tale
1: fantasy film for sure um uh which makes me like it which i like um i i think that it's really cool and there are some like scary like segments not segments there's some like tense uh, sequences it's uh, and there's like instances where it becomes more of like a spy thriller at some points you know, it's like kind of a hodgepodge of different genres, uh, but it's not really a horror movie, necessarily. Although there are some dark moments, for sure.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think my final score at the end of the day is going to be 3.5 out of 5, and I would recommend this one, but with the caveat of if you're looking for just a universal monster movie to watch, it would not be this one. Um...
1: I, I, I'll I give it a four because uh, while it's not my favorite, it's still really fun and I personally do think it's like a fun time to watch. Um, I think I think it's worth watching. I, I think that um, I, w- I would recommend watching it with friends if you can, but I, I think you should watch it. Um, if nothing else, but for like just kind of seeing because, I mean, Gilman is such a Cultural, like you know, the legacy of that uh character and creation is so profound that I think it's worth it to see the film that it came from, you know. Um, so I recommend it on that level, and it also is just kind of fun, you know, there's a lot to kind of look at with this, um, you know, and if you want to draw your own conclusions on stuff, that's also cool. Um, but yeah, it's it's I liked it for what it was. Uh, In comparison to the other movies, though, it's not
0: my number one. Right on. Well, guys, that is going to be it for us today. Only one review this week. We will try to get the Fright Night review out next weekend, if at all possible. Next weekend, though, will be Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills, since since Halloween Kills comes out the 15th. I'm excited for those, and we will be back next week with more reviews. Thanks for watching. Yeah, thank you.